from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. I barely made it. Can you believe the finish? Can you believe that that finish? Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the Tennis Revolution. One week later. The podcast. Yes. How's it going, Corey? You doing all right? I'm great. Excited to uh, move on to a different surface. Oh, no, no, no. I was talking about grass, <laughs> just not tennis. Yeah. <laughs> what a finish at the U.S. Open Golf Tournament. Holy hell. Americans everywhere. I wanted to watch the end of that, but... We had to be here. Sleeping was more important, too. Yes. Yes. I did uh, I did say, hey, you want to record early today since all <laughs> the matches, are, you know, the finals are all in Europe. They're all done. <laughs> right. It's early. Hey, let's get on over there about 2, 30, 3 o'clock. And you literally said, it's nap time. <laughs> I didn't know so whether you, when you get old. I didn't know whether you were putting me to bed or you were going to bed. I didn't know <laughs> if you were telling me. So I just hung up deleted the text and took a nap. <laughs> I feel great. Yes, exactly. Refresh now. Holy hell. Uh, yeah, sorry, tennis podcast listeners. Uh, as I was leaving to come to the studio, uh, the U.S. Open was wrapping up, and it was quite exciting. Yeah, it's golf, and it was exciting. Was the winner six over? Is that some kind of a... No, last I saw, they were like, none of them could make pars. Oh, I see. I thought there was some kind of 6060 no, reference. No, I thought you were trying to be not your creative. You should know better. Corny self. Well, you know, that's why I thought it was you because that was terrible. <laughs> I don't know. Who cares? I'm just trying to make a point that Americans are dominant in golf and it's fantastic. <laughs> it is. It's fantastic. It does make it exciting when Americans are involved in they're certainly not involved in the other major sporting event that just started. So got to find something for them to do well at. Uh, obviously, you're re- re- referring to the curling championships. <laughs> we could probably compete in that better than we can in World Cup. Yes, I'll tell you. Does it does it piss you off? Have you seen these? Com- are you first of all? Are you even watching World Cup? Zero. You are a piece of shit. <laughs> you said Americans are no good. I have no reason to watch. Why don't you become part of this world? Why can't you become a citizen <laughs> of this world and do what the hell you're supposed to do? Yeah, as I said before we got on, I said I was watching the sport that really nobody cares about, which is boxing last night. And he said, really? You're into <laughs> boxing? I was like, yeah, I'm one of the five people left. You're into boxing? You're into watching one bout every six months? <laughs> oh, how fun. Yes. At least it doesn't take a lot of time. That's right. That's my, that's my whole goal. Short-term commitments. Yeah, thirty second knockouts. <laughs> I'm done for the next six months. Right, um, and it's fixed, which is great. Yeah, so <laughs> great. Las Vegas <laughs> is gonna go murder me now. Uh, they don't listen. No. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, soccer World Cup. Guess what? I am watching. I've watched every, or at least part of every game of World Cup thus far. So this is gonna. How does that grab you? Well, it's going to sound like a very layman question, but since this is a tennis podcast, I don't feel bad. Where are the games being held right now? In Russia. Okay, but when is the World Cup here? 2026. Oh, okay. That's why. Because I kept hearing about it being here. That's how many years we need to get up the full (laughs) head of steam to hopefully have a chance to qualify for the tournament we're hosting. But actually, we don't. Because (laughs) when you host, guess what? You never win. You automatically get in. (laughs) 
Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. So if you... That's why they're promoting it now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I couldn't figure out. I'm like, why are, I understand it's America. Why are we promoting something that's eight years away? And then I... That makes total sense now. Because we're in, baby. There we go. And otherwise, we might not be. I don't even know if we go through the qualifying process. I guess we probably do for seating, but shit. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, that seems... I understand that rule. You want to get the country that's hosting it involved and get more people to come out, but... Right. Uh, so, anywho, uh, so the, the the only question I'll ask you about the World Cup and the only question that I'll subject our podcast listeners to um, is, have you? if you're not watching, I guess you haven't seen it, but I'll, I'll tell you about this commercial that's running. It uh, is some ran, it's some person wearing a, a kit, a jersey. They call it a kit. Okay. Like with the jersey and the shorts and the thing and the stuff and the cleats <laughs> and the whatever. They call it a kit. Isn't that adorable? Nice. Uh, but they're wearing the jersey of whatever country. And each, each person that pops up on the commercial, it's a country that's actually <laughs> in the World Cup. Right. And so... They come on and they're they're the first thing they do is apologize to them. Sorry, America, that you didn't qualify for World Cup. <laughs> but then they plead for Americans to follow, you know, follow Germany because we, you know, we gave the world the Wiener Schnitzel or literally that's right. what I, you know. So it's kind of I think it's kind of funny, but yeah. at the same time it kind of pisses me off. <laughs> I didn't see any of them qualify for the NFL uh, playoffs <laughs> um, or very their season. Players, as a matter of fact, very few players, much less uh, entire teams. Yeah. Well, well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, but it is. But you must admit, and you say it pisses you off, but it really, I would say more than pisses you off, it probably depresses you that now in the two biggest sports in the world, which are men's soccer and men's tennis, Ooh. we have no Americans doing anything. That's got to be depressing. Uh, the risk of getting shot <laughs> by somebody from tennis Twitter. But then again, they're probably... It, I, I do not get quite as excited for women's world cup as i do men's world cup now you know if all things being equal and the u.s men were top five in the world like the u.s women were we would soccer would blow the roof off of the united states totally what i was going to ask you is would you still be as into the world cup if the u.s wasn't even wasn't ever playing in it like if if we treated it like curling, like yeah, we, we have, just, like we don't even participate. Would you still be into it? Because to me, that's why I'm not into. I would watch the World Cup if the U.S. was in it. I still wouldn't really care that much about what was going on, but I would watch it anyway. Well, first of all, I am a fan of sports, and this is soccer. Is football is the biggest sport in the world, right? And because and. and even if we weren't in it, it's still pretty big, certainly in pockets across the U.S. I mean, right. in the DFW area, soccer's huge. Right. So, yeah, I would probably still be in it, but it definitely adds a whole different level. We're not in it, but it adds a whole whole different level that the U.S. is trying to be in it <laughs> and right. is part of it yeah. and, and whatever. But, yeah. Well, and I think it's more of an indictment, I guess, of where or when I grew up, but I just never played it when I was younger, so... That's the reason I never really got into it. But at the same time, like we just said, I never boxed when I was younger and I still am somewhat <laughs> into that. So I don't know what it is about it. I think just I watch it and I don't really know what's going on and I don't, you know, but I hear the same things about tennis. So I guess. Well, funnily, funnily, fun, funnily, fun, fun, that's a word. <laughs> uh, funnily enough, you know, I, I think the same 
sort of idea applies for tennis in that it is the second most popular sport in the world and a lot of people aren't into it right on the other you know but yeah. I, i'll tell you this i think one of the reasons tennis people look at soccer a little sideways is to some degree we've been pitted against one another these two euro sports right and they're trying to take time away from football baseball basketball and you know which one's more popular in the u.s and for a long time it was tennis uh, I, I think that's certainly been surpassed by soccer by now, by a long shot, probably. But uh, but it, we were sort of, to some degree, competitors. Definitely. I agree with that. And golf, too, of course. Golf and tennis have always been paired together, too. Yeah, well, well only in the sense that they're country club sports. But right. I don't know that I don't know that we were losing or worried about losing players to golf, especially not kids. Right. Especially not kids. Yeah, soccer is definitely the sport that... I would say in some ways every sport is pitted against soccer because soccer seems to one, be the one that captures the kids the earliest. Right. But I think the, the major sports, you know, football, baseball, basketball, I think by far are not worried. They, the numbers are just ridiculous. I mean, you go, if you're a college coach and you can go recruit at a baseball tournament, there are a sea of children. Right. Compared to, you know, other sports. But. Yeah. So anyway, so World Cup, yay. Uh, <laughs> golf, yay. Tennis, yay. And see, I'm more. I'll get more into the women's World Cup just because the U.S. will be in it. You know, that'll that'll beat my interest more. Yeah. I won't watch the. I'll put it this way. I won't watch the semifinals of the World Cup, men's or women's, unless the U.S. is in the women's. Then I'll watch it. Huh. I'll watch every single game of the World Cup, and I will marvel at it. And it is amazing to see stadiums that seat over 100,000 people full, half of them wearing one color jersey or kit, uh, the other half wearing the other color and, you know, going crazy. Um, and I'll be excited about it the whole way through. And the and the the final uh, game will be amazing. And even though you don't have a rooting interest. Even though I don't have a rooting interest. Because it, if everybody else in the world thinks it's a big deal, it might be a big deal. Well, and you, and that's how I am with NFL because you always ask me who my who team who my team is. I'm like, I don't care. I'm watching Jacksonville, oh, and yeah. Houston, and I'll yeah. watch any game. Yeah, and I'll yeah, root yeah. For it. I I won't watch. Hmm. I won't watch San Diego, Cleveland, <laughs> right now. Well, I will if it's the only game on. I won't choose that game. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. But if it's the only game on, if it's Monday Night Football, I'll watch it, and I don't care what two teams they are. I also love the aspect of country versus country when it's not involving guns and bombs. <laughs> when you've talked about trying to add that in a tennis in a much better way than we have it now. You would think, that comment right there, you would think that we did hours and hours of prep for you to <laughs> ask that, make that comment and lead me in. I, we did. And lead me in to my next comment. But that was brilliant. We didn't do our dress rehearsal like we did a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Uh, was that last week or two weeks ago? <laughs> I think it was two. Holy hell. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. If you weren't here, if we you didn't listen. every evening. Yeah. Go back, please, because we uh, we definitely uh, recorded an hour. What, not Maybe not one of, probably the greatest <laughs> podcast in the history of podcasting, and we didn't hit the record Can button. Can we make sure that we're recording now? Just Holy hell. <laughs> um, yep. Okay. Numbers yeah. are moving. Perfect. Um. Damn it. Now, all of that Tom Fuller in. I forgot where the hell it was. Oh. Country versus country. Yeah, baby. Country versus country. So, I'm not afraid to mention other tennis podcasts on this podcast. You know why? Because we're about growing the game. Damn right. <laughs> we're a team. We work together. Seriously. Right. Um, 
especially with podcasting. I mean, it, you know, I'm not selling a product. Right. You know, I don't have to, you know, I'm not selling widgets. And if you buy our widget, then you don't buy their widget. You know, you can listen to all the podcasts. And to be honest with you, tennis fans probably do. I, I would bet you, well, this, the podcast I'm about to mention is, is done by two British, bl- a bloke and a, and a bird. I don't know. What do they call them over there? I don't know. Whatever. But, uh, <laughs> But they're actual real journalists. Can you believe that shit? Yes. That's weird. Who does that? That's bullshit. <laughs> uh, but uh, anywho, the, the, oddly enough, the Tennis Podcast. What a weird go. name for See a tennis podcast. got the original name. I know. Well, I mean, I would assume that the people that are most likely to listen to us are people that probably already listen, like you said, to other tennis podcasts. Yeah, and vice versa. Like, right. in other words, I, I don't think somebody's going to, you know, hear me say the tennis podcast and then click over to them and di- and just delete all of ours. You better right. not. I'll find Well, and I do find it funny when I see that on TV. I see it watching a channel and they're promoting a show on another channel. I always find that kind of odd. But well, some of these channels are tied in with each other. Well, too. they own. Yeah, that's right. the other thing. So we don't own all these other podcasts. <laughs> and we're not some conglomerate. Right. Or are we? You never know. Not yet. Right. So uh, I was listening to the tennis podcast and uh, it's uh, David Law. Right? You familiar? No. You got a poster of him in your... No, okay. <laughs> and then uh, Catherine Whitaker. Under my Djokovic poster. Uh, yeah. Uh, how about uh, Catherine Whitaker? No. Nothing? They, like, do writing journalist stuff <laughs> for stuff. I don't, I don't know what. Stuff. I think it's all in England, though, or Great Britain, or the right. United Kingdom, or whatever. Um, and anywho, so they do a podcast, and I don't know, I don't know that they're not... Like tennis, I don't think they're in the tennis playing or coaching industry at all. They're just they're writers, just writers. You know what I mean? Are they no getting offense. like super motivated now that it's grass court season? Oh, I don't know. They got to be super passionate now. So, well, this was clearly a week where they either <laughs> they recorded it years ago or <laughs> or they didn't have a lot to talk about right. because they the the bulk uh, I think the entirety of the this episode this week was with Leighton Hewitt. Okay, and you know he's Davis Cup captain for. Australia, right? This nice. is fantastic. That is, that is one cool thing about Davis Cup. I will say, as many things as we've criticized about them, that is a cool thing that they get. You know, the kind of the high profile former players to be the captains, yeah. and because they're not coaching, they're just trying to coax all right. their players to play as right. needed. So, anywho, so it the podcast was partly about other crap with him, you know. Um, and by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That podcast made our point that we made last week is that uh, I think basically they first of all they were uh, the the David Law was recounting uh, I guess a result against Federer that Leighton Hewitt had back in two thousand three or something yeah. and apparently he alluded to the fact that every time he played Federer he pushed him he did I remember. yeah because he's not in this era <laughs> I would always look forward to them playing right. So anyway, that that kind of made our point yeah. that you know. So maybe we need to switch our our uh, our campaign and yeah. get Hewitt back instead of Roddick, or get them both back. Why not get them both back? Yeah, he took the kind of opposite path of Roddick. That he kind of hung around on the tour until he just kind of couldn't win anymore. He still is. He's playing doubles. So I think he's he said he, he basically he said in Australia. I think. Well, he basically said that I didn't. I re, I retired from singles. Is what he said on this podcast. Because he doesn't have any doubles game at all, but he was such a grinder, baseline player. Have you seen Bollies lately, (laughs) Bollies? Actually, in doubles, they're great. The players that play doubles, 
it's the opposite. That's all they have. Right. Is a you know. Yeah. Anyway, that's not true. But uh, <laughs> anywho, so he. The reason I even bring him up is is the country versus country we're talking about with the World Cup, and that he is a hundred percent against changing Davis Cup. Really, a hundred percent. Like, like you know, bearing arms against others against it. He's very passionate. Well, he was involved in some dramatic Davis Cup, and I think he won it. I yeah, know he won it. Yep, but. But that's why I would say his opinion is, is less valid because I think that's the whole point is that he won it and he's one of those dedicated players and the whole point is to try to get everybody to be right. dedicated. Right. Like he they're played, not all like him. Right. He was the best player in Australia and he played every day was right. Every round. Yeah. So he's the exception to the rule, if you ask me. Um so a couple of the things that he mentioned, one of the things he mentioned is if you get a, if you get rid of the current format, if you go to a one place type event a two week or whatever you know what we're talking about then you lose the home versus home right and he seems to make that a big you know uh focal point of his argument and i'm like well guess what for half the draw you're not at home anyway right so who cares well and to me the and i mean i can actually debate that point because i don't really care where the matches are you could make them all the same week in all different places yeah, the fact they're in the same place doesn't matter, right? Uh, I mean, you have to have a day between to travel and all that, but but yeah, I mean, I don't. If care. you made it a, if you made it, yeah, I mean, of course, you can make it a two week event, like a maybe a sixteen day event, and build in travel days, right? And everyone's jet lag because everybody's traveling to a new place. I like it. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that, and or maybe just the opening round or whatever. Problem solved. Yeah. Once again, <laughs> that once quickly. again, the tennis revolution strikes again. I mean, I can see what he's saying. You're bringing tennis to places that probably don't get it. Like we had one what in Salt Lake City and Portland, Austin, and, and all over San well, Diego. But either way, if you're some country that only has one major city, it's going to be stuck in Budapest every <laughs> single time you have it. Right. In Hungary. Yeah. True. Ooh, Budapest. I Did I get the right city and country? <laughs> You don't know. You're asking the wrong person. You're impressed because you think I got it right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, what about Bucharest, Romania? Budapest <laughs> and Bucharest. I wonder if there's some connection there. All right. So, anyway, so, yeah. So, that his main argument is the home and away, and I think we just solved it. I My first inclination was, who cares? I don't give a shit. Right. That's, believe me, that's, what, that's well worth giving up for the <laughs> benefits we'll get for, you know, having a, a, a labor cup style event, but right. it's real. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, we just solved it. And yeah. guess what? The, the, the semis, you go to one place. Right. So you play the first Second round, week. you know, at the higher seeds home. And then the, the, how, however the hell they decide home and away now, just keep doing it right. and for the first two rounds. You do it. Yeah. And then what, well, like you said, in the semis, the second week you get, you know, whatever, take friday off or whatever day nobody watches tennis anyway but then again that might get get us right back to square one where people don't want to travel that much and so the top players don't play yeah i mean to me the benefit of it depending on when you do it is you do it somewhere where there's going to be a major event soon so they're already there like if you tie it into a masters the following week or whatever you right. got all the players kind of there i'm talking about the early part of it though so if we're talking right. about doing home and home they might not want to goes to a you know they leave a, a tournament that everybody's at to go to their home or go to an away actually yeah playing away then go to another away playing away and then go to well the third right. location if we tied it into somewhere that would be near something i guess but well i think if it culminates into a higher profile 
bigger event, I think they'd more they're more likely to do it. Right. You know, knowing they're going to get a lot of uh, a lot of people interested in the finals. Right. Well, and I I still think the number one thing is is doing it every four years. Yeah. I mean, look at the World Cup is out of control. It's a month long. It takes a month to play the World Cup. Well, and look at the Olympics too. The for tennis, the Olympics, everybody plays no matter what. Every time they play singles, doubles, and mix, they play everything. Right, they try. Yeah. Right. So why wouldn't I mean why wouldn't Davis Cup every four years be the same way? Right. And here's the thing, you know, the home and away from the stand. And one thing he mentioned is how you know this this is I don't want to call Leighton Hewitt stupid, but this comment was just uh, it wasn't stupid. Let me that's that's wrong to say, but basically he <laughs> framed it like he framed it like. Uh, you know, the, it's the little things that really make it a special event, like the fact that you know when you when you host or no no when it's team versus team and you're doing home and away, you have the locker room all to yourself for the whole time. <laughs> so the yeah, <laughs> I mean, I get it. I that is a being with a hundred other players. Put it this way that 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 can be something that sort of sticks in your mind and wow, okay, I, I get it. Yeah. But there will be other special things created when you do a different system, and it'll be fine. There'll be other special shit. Right. And if we did this new system for 20 years, and then we're talking about changing it, somebody would say, just like Leighton Hewitt, they would say, man, I'll tell you, if we change it, we're going to miss this and these little things and these right. details, which are special. So it doesn't matter. Well, I can already tell you something that would happen when we did it our way is that in the semis, let's say the first round's already or the first semis already completed – you're going to have the guys, you know, let's say Federer and Warenka watching the second semifinal in the stands. Right. I mean, to me, that's much cooler than who cares about a locker room or something. You're going to have right. these guys out there watching. Right. You know, have a rooting interest. Yeah. That, that would be really neat. That'd be a, a whole different level. Yeah. So, and here's the other thing about the home and away argument is part of it is the, the surface, I guess. I don't know how much the players care about that. You would think they do because they always put us on clay. Right, <laughs> when we right, go away, exactly. they always play us on clay because yeah. we have you know, been normally notoriously bad on clay. But as it relates to the whole service issue, who cares? They don't. There's no real emphasis. I mean, it, spit it out. So <laughs> what they do to grass is an affront to anybody that says surface matters right because if surface matters if they like to have all these different things these different you know sort of styles of play dictated by then why do you shove grass into this miniature season right wimbledon is as long as the rest of the grass season yeah it's like half the grass season and then wimbledon you know what i mean it's like come on so to me if 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 tennis is going to do that to grass then in reality, they have no leg to stand on on the surfaces argument. I think everything should be played on hard court, and the French Open and Wimbledon can kiss my ass. <laughs> How about that? You you just you just have you know a third party company or companies or whatever that you approve to make to to resurface the courts prior to whichever tournament you're going to, right? And then you just you have to match within that series. You have to match. The level of grit in the court, depending on how slow or fast it is. So you wouldn't make them all identical nope. in, in speed, just yep. in surface, right? Well, and and they essentially have already done that. I mean, think about the clay court season now is like six weeks. So you've got ten weeks of clay and grass, 
and then right. 40 weeks of hardcore. So yeah, what's but the difference? you've got a shitload of clay tournaments. Well, they go year round. All year round, whereas you don't have grass tournaments all no, year round. No, not at all. you got the Newport one is the only one that's kind of just random. And, and that's just because of the Hall of Fame right. inductions. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's as important as the preseason Hall of Fame game for football in Canton. Right. Nobody gives a shit. Exactly. Well, and you could, you know, you could, if you did the uh, Davis Cup every two years, what you're doing now, you could just alternate clay and hard and who cares. Um, four years is a little tougher to alternate because it's a long time between. Right. I can live with two years. Yeah. I, mean, I could live with two years. Right. Every two years, you just alternate service between clay and hard. Grass is not important. And, and again, we have a, a, a ITF federation cup every year one's called the fed cup and one's called davis cup and we right. just flip-flop them yeah leapfrog them hip-hop right. them hopscotch them whatever <laughs> every other year women right. men women men women men you notice i said women first <laughs> so that to me that solves everything yeah yeah i mean i think there's just so many more benefits to doing it this way um that that way outweigh the negatives hey i got i'll solve the problem whichever venue we use has to have separate locker rooms for every team. <laughs> yeah. Problem solved. Just put some curtains up. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, how much time is Leighton Hewitt sitting in his individual locker room anyway? <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, shouldn't I be? dig what he's saying. I, right. It's more like a team sport that way. You yeah. know, apparently he, you know, he, I guess he said his kid plays Australian rules football and, you know, there's every, every sport has a real locker room situation associated with it, except individual sports because yeah. all year round they're sort of in and out and they don't get that feel of a team sport well too bad play right. a team sport we're not one too bad well and i think the other benefit is they could run it you know if it's running all at one venue you can run it like a grand slam where you can have different courts with different matchups and people can you know choose which ones they watch and which court they go to and you know just to me it's just much easier like i don't want to i don't want it to be run consecutively i'm sorry i don't want to go watch you know Marty Fish play David Ferrer. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I mean, you're going to that to see Nadal and Roddick or whoever it was. You know, you're not going to see that secondary matchup. I did. You talking about Davis Cup? Yeah. Are you sure? Because <laughs> I beg to differ. Well, I want to see all of them, but I'm saying I want more options. I'm I'm coming to see some young Canadian. You know, almost put a guy's eye out. You know, I'm 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 there to see. And we thought we were never going to hear that guy's name again. <laughs> He's top thirty. No, but I'm there. You know, I'm there to see guys. Uh, and in the Fed Cup instance, women that you know step up big have no business beating a team uh, a player that they're playing against. If it was on the tour, they would right. get murdered. But now with the pressure and the Davis Cup, and it's not about the individual and all yeah. that thing, it just changes everything. And that's that's super super exciting. Well, what I mean is just I don't want to be regulated to one court. If there's a blowout going on, I want to be able to, just like Grand Slam, I want to be able to go to court you know, two or court three and see a different matchup. Yeah, maybe I would say maybe have uh, have two, two teams playing on one court and two teams playing on another and yeah. maybe offset the matches by 30 minutes. Which, why couldn't the French Open do that, by the way? That was so, <laughs> that was so awful. I was, I was about to drop the F-bomb for the first time in the podcast, but... They had they started every match at the same time. It was five all in the set, both courts every time. It was, right, this guy was so awful. Right, give me ten minutes. Just right. offset ten minutes. So when it's four three and one, and one's about to wrap up, I can just yeah agree. You can watch the end of every set, which is what the only thing that matters anyway. Right. Speaking of the end of every set, I think we come to the end of every 
men's tennis. <laughs> uh, uh, I know what you were trying to do there. Which I still appreciate it because I know what you're where you're heading with this. Well, first of all, I'm absolutely not kidding about bringing Leighton Hewitt back along with Andy Roddick yeah. to save men's tennis. Um, so, anywho, uh, men's tennis. <laughs> you did watch some tennis, some men's, right? I did, I and did. you didn't get a chance to see women's because it was on Channel 4000 and it was tape delayed. Right. Was it tape delayed again? I don't know. It was so <laughs> jacked up. I couldn't tell what was going on. Yeah, I mean... One of our biggest pet peeves this week, too, is the, the freaking, you know, two tournaments going on at once, same surface. I can't tell who's playing who because they go back and forth. You can't even tell which tournament you're watching. I was thinking that uh, Gasquet was going to play Federer, and then apparently they weren't even in the same tournament. It was just like I couldn't even figure out who who was going to play who when they won. Right. So it was that annoys me every time, but I guess it's better than just watching one of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, again, like we talked about before, the smaller level tournaments – I mean, you need to do that anyway because um, their draws are smaller. You can't, you know, so I, that's not a huge deal to me. Um, but where you're going is, so once again, we have somebody who has not played in six weeks can come back and beat everybody. That's how good the tour is right now. I'm not sure who you're talking about, <laughs> but I bet you will tell us when we come back. <laughs> Join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. We are back. And obviously, <laughs> <laughs> the worst tease I've ever had. So what you're saying is, let's see, I achieved a world ranking in doubles. I'm not kidding. I, I believe you. In 2001. I hear the story weekly. <laughs> I have, you see it acted out. I have sat out of my professional career. I've sat out for 17 years. Right. So should I be number one now <laughs> if I come back? Apparently you just play one tournament and you get it back. Holy hell. Roger Federer, the king of glass. I love how they promote that, by the way. Like, that's the reason we're going to watch, so he can recapture the number one ranking. Right. That's like, you know, that's not getting more. <laughs> After a long that. battle of doing nothing right. for three months. <laughs> Golly, is so awful. Well, do you remember when we made me think about, remember when they did the, uh, and I think golf may still do this, but they have a 24-month rolling ranking. So at one point, Tiger Woods was number one, and he hadn't won a tournament in like 18 months, but he was still number one just because he'd won so many previously that was worse than tennis yeah and so they were they were just always say, oh number one ranking in the world and of course at the time they were saying he was really like number 80 but he was just still number one because of the crazy ranking system i feel like that's what we're in right now well i just think we should have a race every year and i know it didn't quote unquote work but i don't care right i don't care because you're telling me that a guy who sits out for three months should be at the top of the rankings then uh, then obviously the rankings are a little you know it's different on the women's side where you have oh Hollop's number one and she's never won well she has now but right you know before she won uh you know it was oh this is she's number one and has never won a grand slam and she's choked in three finals <laughs> well so what right she makes it deep and or two finals every tournament and actually plays in them and actually <laughs> well that's a great point yeah she doesn't just come by and watch right uh you know so that's, she's playing the people she's actually battling against which this to me this is the worst race for number one in the history of men's tennis right two guys that haven't played 
<laughs> I mean, they're not even playing each other. You're and a they, genius. And they probably won't. I haven't even thought about that. <laughs> I haven't even thought about that. Oh, my it's God. Like they're on two separate tours. Holy hell. Uh, I mean, NASCAR, they race each other. I mean, what sport? Tell me a sport where you race <sighs> for number one and worst. Not, not competing with each other. Golf, because you play the course. That's true. And you may not ever get paired with that person. I but, guess, but again, you don't play. You're, you're playing the same course. <laughs> you're uh, in the same city at the same time <laughs> on the same continent. <laughs> Golly, that, well, that's the best thing. That's the <laughs> we're going to go 365 days. Yes, and the only time they might play each other if they both limp their old asses into the tour finals, right? And happen to make it into the you know whatever to play each other. Oh, I'll, I would make a bet now that one of them doesn't play it. Um, I don't understand how people can bitch about Hollip being number one or back when Wozniacki without winning a Grand Slam, and they're not bitching about two guys who take long periods of time off, never play each other, and are flipping back and forth for number one. Yeah. It's regi- it's pathetic. Well, and I, uh, I told you I was going to go spontaneously into Corey's Corner whenever you motivated me, and so my, my issue this week is I got an easy solution. As we, We're all about quick solutions. You cannot be number one in the world at the end of the year unless you play all four slams. To me, mandatory. I don't care. Wee. If you're injured, sorry. And and if Federer wants to go out there and tank and lose first round, then he can. And so be it. But he's not going to do that because he doesn't want to hurt his image. He would rather just not play because he knows that's what's going to happen anyway, which I really don't think it would happen, but uh, I, I, he could have made the semis easily. Well, listen, field. what means more to you? Tournament victories or the ranking? Well, and I don't, yeah, that's the question. I mean, if I'm a coach and I'm coaching you, I'm quitting. <laughs> but if I'm coaching a pro nice. player, right, right, if I'm coaching a pro player, I would rather be every week making it to the semis, making yeah. then than Ostapenko win the French and disappear. Right. Keys win, although she's back, obviously, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. And to me, as a coach, you're having more success with your player. Your player's having more success if that consistency is always there. And the funny thing is, is they'll beat somebody in the quarters the week before and lose to them in the finals. Right. Well, what does that mean? What's different? Nothing. Right. Nothing. Well, let me ask you this. If you're talking about Sampras, who I know is your guy. Who? What is the first thing you're saying? Stella? On his resume. Oh, finished year in number one, six years in a row. So to you, that means more. Well, let me ask you this. Is that? No, because that's the only thing I can say. <laughs> All right. Kiss my ass. Well, I just mean like if you're just. If you said, "Hey, I got a speaker coming to this to you know wherever next week," and somebody said, "Oh, Pete Sampras, why is he so great?" What would be? Would you say that, or would you say fourteen slams? I would say no, the best player in the history of the game. <laughs> and then you'd well, ask me why, why, and I would say a lot of reasons, yeah. including Grand Slams, but it's also total titles, all that kind of stuff. Right. But I don't think, I don't think we, you know, we years at number one for anyone is necessarily the very first thing. So I don't even know if that rule I said would dissuade Federer from playing. Well, year end number one means, you know, because they didn't because there was a couple of periods in time in the men's where like there was a new number one once right. a month. Right. Just kind of the way the points worked out. And, you know, but he fought through to finish number one year end. Yeah. Which is really what matters when you talk about the rolling 12 month scale, you know, point system. Right. Well, it doesn't matter if you have the best record in you know regular season. It's who finishes the year the best in any sport. Overall. So that's defending all 12 months of your points. Right. And so, but I just wonder if, if my rule would even dissuade Federer, he'd probably still, well, and the reason is it, this, I got re-motivated for this is, did you read that, that interview that he had? 
that, uh, oh, you know, I'd like to play Nadal again at the French. No, you wouldn't. Or you would have done the last two years. You have no desire to play him the French ever again. <laughs> exactly. You know, you're going to play it one year when you're one year older. He was in, and he was kind of giving a jab at the players that played. Like, if I'd have played, you'd have seen him. I'm like, no, we saw you get your ass kicked by him several times at the French. We would have seen it again this year. That's why you didn't play. And, and I'm me, not anti-Federer, by the way. I'm yeah. Just, it's just, and let me just reiterate. Federer and Nadal and Djokovic could really be on the stairway up moving up the ladder or whatever you want to call it to be in the greatest of all time. Right. I have no doubt about that. I'm just disappointed that they're doing it in a shitty era. Yeah. And their numbers are slightly skewed. They still could have surpassed I mean cuz here's the thing, if they would have played in the 90s, they would have gotten beaten up by some guys, right. but they would have beaten up so Sampras wouldn't have as many either. Exactly. Because these guys would have beat him they as well. Would have, yeah, they all would have less. Which is why a lot of all of them do have less from that era. Right, exactly. So Well, and I thought you were gonna say so Sampras sucked at the French. You're not gonna argue with that. No, he sucked. But did he ever skip it? No. One on one time. No. And so By the way, the King of Clay versus King of Grass, first of all, the reason Nadal has more titles than Federer is because there's <laughs> way more clay court tournaments than grass court tournaments for their quote unquote their right. best surface. Right. So really, the the equalizer is hard court. Yeah. Well, so and, well, give and, me those stats. Oh, well, yeah. oh, we don't have a producer. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, I just mean you know if if Sam, if Sampras skipped six French Opens, he might have two more Wimbledon's. You never know. It's just good point. It's just it irritates me that. Uh, Losing in the second round, eh, that's kind of skipping. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you spend that whole month leading up Agreed. to clay court. Agreed. And Federer hasn't stepped on a clay court in two years. Right. Um, and so it really just kind of infuriated me when he made that comment about, I'd like to play Nadal again. It's just, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Um, well, here's what would be interesting. If Federer was in the finals against uh, Rafa in the, uh, in the French, would they have given him all those time? You know, would right. they have given more time violations because now you have the two greatest players yeah, ever. Right. You know, I think we just need to get rid of medical timeouts altogether. Just get rid of all of it. You start the match, you finish the match, go. We you don't stop talk, playing. Yeah, we didn't talk about that that much last time, but that was definitely a weird situation. It was um, bullshit. It was bullshit. I don't know that he would have lost, but you can't tell me. I, he, he literally said the words. I can't. I couldn't hold my racket. Right. It's kind of hard to hit a forehand if you can't hold your racket. Well, yeah, and Mary Carrillo was saying even before that about the time she goes, I'm not okay with that. Yeah, and, John, and McEnroe just basically dismissed her. He did, which irritated he, he's me. He's such too. a punk ass. He'll go with you know whoever he did. Well, he's of course not a rule follower, <laughs> but I'm just thinking either it's a rule or it isn't, and enforce it. And after Nadal gets penalized a couple points, we're not gonna have this issue again ever. We're never gonna be talking about this again. Right. If if, if they put a clock in. And it just goes, right. you know, <laughs> and just scares the living shit out of everybody. Right. Then it'll be over, yeah. and nobody can, you know. Either you have you, you said it actually. What we touched on, I, I don't think we talked about it much because what you said is duh. It's spot on. Either you have a rule and you enforce it, or you don't have the rule. Right. There's no point in having anything else at all. And with the women's, you put a decibel meter out there, and if they break it, <laughs> they lose the point. I got news for you. There's some guys that get on my nerves, but nothing pierces my eardrums. <laughs> that's not sexist. All right, that's physiology. It hurts it my ears. So I have never had a match bother me, even Sharapova and Azarenka. Really? But that Sharapova Muguruza. Yeah. I was, li- I was listening to that, and I'm yeah. like, I think I actually have to turn this down. Yeah, it gets on my nerves. And I like to hear the sound of the ball and, you know, the right. just the crowd and everything. But I actually had to turn the TV down during that match. Hey, 
<laughs> you got them both running out of breath. <laughs> By the time, exhale. Yeah, the ball gets to them on the next shot, and they're still screaming from the last shot. It's ridiculous. They both, yeah, so there was never a moment where there wasn't a shriek from one side or the other during the point. During the U.S. Open, because then it'll be somewhat relevant in New York City, Center Night Live needs to do a skit. Yeah. Like you have two like two people in in an office or two lawyers competing in court. <laughs> That's great. And they say their argument and then finish with you know like a you know girls at you know like right. little kids add A's onto everything. Yeah. They say, Why yo? Oh yeah. If we see that on the open, they got to credit you. Oh my God, the Saturday Night Live. Listen, <laughs> listen to me. You need my help. Y'all are pitiful. Yeah, I don't. They've probably had five tennis skits in forty years. No, no, no. I just mean they're not funny overall. Anymore. Oh well, yeah. Um, that. So, yeah, so anyway, so the whole Rafa thing and getting rid of completely rid of timeout, uh, or not timeouts, but medical timeouts, yeah. or, or make it a courtesy point. Yeah. Everything you do, whether you go take a leak or poopy, <laughs> or you get a medical timeout, everything you can do, but you have to give away a point. Well, or you make it a point per minute. You need more time? Okay, that's another point. Like, you decide how long you want your medical timeout to be. You know, if you want, if you need more time, okay, that's the second point. Every, you know, you can't just... Because right now the medical timeouts are three minutes, but they're really not three minutes. Right. There's like evaluation period. Well, it's two the, minutes to evaluate, three minutes to treat. So you're getting five minutes to chill. Right. But you also got to wait for the person to get out there. That also. So they should make them keep playing, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. and they've they've relaxed the rule, too, where you can't call it. I always thought you had to call it only before your own serve. No. And they've kind of relaxed that rule, too. I mean, it all did in the middle of a game, which that I hadn't seen very often, if ever. You shouldn't be able to do that at all unless, no, at all. See, I think you should be, if you can't finish a game and get to your bench. Well, and they always mention the, you know, the Japanese player that cramped. It's yeah. like he had the option to not know, cramp, right. To and, just quit. Well, and, yeah, exactly. He didn't have to be out there and get, not get treated. He could have said, you know, I have four for the next three points and go to the changeover or whatever the score was. Well, listen, if I'm in football and, and, how about Joe Theismann? He didn't call a trainer and get back in the game after he was done. Right. He was done. Yeah. He got his leg broken in half. Right. And I almost threw up talking about it. <laughs> and then he was done. But even less severe injuries, obviously. You know, yeah. you, the game, see, they don't stop everything. You're just out. The right. difference is this is not a team sport, so you can't sub in somebody. Right. You know, maybe you could sub in a crowd member. You pick one crowd member to sub in or somebody that's a former pro player <laughs> over 50. <laughs> Something like that. Well, it's like the NFL. They they make you come out, but you got to stay out for you know at least like you said a point or a play. A play. Yeah. So same thing in tennis. You want to take a medical timeout? Okay, you lost the next point, and then we'll see if you really do need treatment or not. Exactly. Exactly. And I think you'll you'll see a lot fewer of those. Well, I don't. Hmm. I think you should be able to do anything you want on your ninety second changeover, as long as it's a hard ninety seconds, right? And the and the timer and the beeper, whatever. (laughs) And then in the middle of a game. I don't. I don't think you should be able to take medical timeouts. No, you just lost that game. I mean, which yeah, you just have to make the changeover happen right now, and then if you need additional time, then the point and the whole right. thing. Yeah, yeah, it's and and you know, it, so we're kind of just and it was weird to see Nadal do that. You know, he doesn't. I will say that rule he doesn't abuse very often. Right. You know, the time rule, yes, but same with Federer. You don't see them call medical timeouts. No, but I do s- think it's funny they call those guys like you know. 
ambassador for the game well it all breaks that rule every match he plays at the time right and now to be fair i don't think he's doing it to get in the other guy's head i don't think he's doing it to get more rest for himself because right. really it hurts him he's trying to break you down physically and now he's giving you another 10 seconds to True. chill out and i'll be like hey take your time <laughs> uh, you know yeah that's get, probably why the opponents don't ever complain <laughs> not very often right so uh especially in five to uh three out of five so but still, it's still it, either it's a rule or it's not a rule. So he's not doing it from a sportsmanship right. problem. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just a rule. And you know, and I'll be honest with you, he probably doesn't really have a full grasp on the process of the medical timeout because he probably never takes them. Yeah, he's a beast, so he's never you know whatever. So so I don't blame him for sort of just walking over like, hey, I need a whatever. You know, <laughs> I mean, he probably you know, yeah, not thinking about those things, but. Uh, at a tournament at that level, you need to have somebody courtside at all time, you know, nearby, especially in the right. finals or even yeah. in the semis. You only got two, you know, one match going on at a exactly. time. You're not playing both semis at the same time unless, yeah. So, anywho, problem solved? Yep. Good. And we're avoiding talking about the current grass court tournaments because nobody cares. <laughs> uh. Well, I'll tell you this. All right. There is something, just like the French, I told you, I tell you this every year. Every, every, set of tournaments groupings of tournaments they they, they they get me every year they get me i mean it is nice turning on the tv and just seeing it's like a different something different yeah it's, it's grass. grass it's beautiful yeah um it's it's sort of more you know uh prim and proper you yeah. kind of feel it's more you know uh no they don't make them wear all white at all these other um <laughs> tournaments anymore but um yeah it's just a whole different and guess what we've seen more of what have we seen more of, particularly on the men's side? Going to the net. Awful volleys. <laughs> volleys! Well, I was going to say... But awful. I was going to say, I have I did notice just when turning on the later rounds, I thought the court doesn't look as bad as it normally does. Just at the baseline. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So They're I was wondering if that, yeah, if that meant that they were going to the net more. Now, I'll tell you. Federer's got decent volleys. Tell you who else has good volleys. Nadal. Milosh. Yeah, he's he's worked a lot on his. Milos. They're still shitty though. Everybody's yeah. <laughs> are still shitty. If you go back and, and again, I know I sound like back in my day. I know, I get it. Right. I get it. But I'm not wrong. In the nineties, I mean Becker, are you shitting me? Becker, I think he once made a comment, Benjamin. I mean Boris, not Benjamin. <laughs> I think Boris Becker made a comment one time. He said, um, the reason he doesn't serve volley every time is because he'd never lose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole. What a well, asshole. What I wonder is, I mean, there's probably more than one reason, but is the reason that volleys are worse because primarily because of the rackets or because they just don't do it enough? Yeah, they don't do it enough. Yeah, that's to, to me always been the obvious reason, but the rackets got to have something to do with it. A little no. strings, I mean. No. Um, what do you mean? Just no. the fact they're polyester now or mm. you have a little bit less feel. Maybe. Or maybe because the ball's coming at you faster. No, that's definitely not it. You that know. should help you. Yeah, because you can just block it back. Um, First of all, once somebody got up to the net, I mean, Fetter's really good at covering the net. He right. looks really good and comfortable up there. Um, But everybody's transition game sucks. Yeah, I agree with that. Everybody's sure. transition game is shit. Half volleys are actually, I mean, half volleys are better than low volleys. Yeah. Because they're almost ground strokes, you know, so these bastards. <laughs> yeah, they do better when they let it bounce. You know, but I mean, I've seen probably on percentage, I've seen probably a higher percentage of cross court volleys, I mean, cross court approach shots than I've ever seen in the history of my life. So it's so funny that you say that because I was, my wife is a newer tennis player, but we were watching a match one time 
And, you know, somebody came in across court and I said, and they got the pass, right? They got passed immediately. And I said, there you go, cross court approach shot. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, well, you're not supposed to approach cross court unless you just hit an amazing shot that you're coming in. And she goes, well, they're pros. Why are they, why would they be doing it if they're not supposed to? And I said, because they don't play the net. That's why. Because they don't play the net. Yeah. The majority of patterns they work on are off the ground from the baseline. And that's, you know, you, you want to keep the court closed, keep the court, the ball sort of from, you know, getting away from you. You keep it cross court and then force them to change directions and maybe take a chance. But you're already forcing them to take a chance when you come in. So now if you're making them uh, change directions, all that does is freeze you in the middle. You don't right. know whether to cover the cross court pass or try to reach way on the other side down the line. You approach down the line, it's either stay or go. There's really right. not a lot of movement. Well, when she asked me, I kind of thought, well, maybe I'm, maybe something's changed and I haven't heard, you know, maybe I missed something and this is the new way to play that's working. <laughs> it does. I said, surely the pros must know what they're doing. It's, uh, no. But yeah, I watch that constantly and it's just like, it's, it's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, n- the success rate at net is skewed by the fact that they only come in after 95 ground strokes and the guy's basically lunging on the other side <laughs> to get a ball back, and then they come into the net and put it away. Yeah, because they all have winning percentages at net when you show them. But, you know, they also count, I think what they count when they come in, and they don't even return the shot. Oh, right. If you're in like the service box. when they So miss- if you hit a ground stroke, right. a short ball, and put it away, but don't put it away, and they get it back, right. but it doesn't get to the net. Yeah, and I think you're that there. still counts as a net point. Well, that's a shitty, <laughs> that's bad stats. You should have to hit probably at least one volley to get credit for a net point. Right. But yeah, no, that's what we have to look forward to at, at Wimbledon. You kind of see, it is nice to see them attempt to come in, but then you start to see why they don't come in. Well, listen, you take a guy like, um, oh, what the hell is that kid's name? Which one is the Zverev serve volleyer? Misha? Misha, yeah. There you go. Um you take a guy like him, he just doesn't have the same ability that, and talent that some of these other players have. And so to point at him and say, oh, look, coming in the net doesn't work. No, right. coming in the net when you suck more than everybody else at everything in tennis. I mean, again, he's not a sucky player, but I mean, right. relative to the, you know, it does, then it does make a difference. I would argue that the reason he's beaten exactly. so many players is because he comes in. Exactly. Well, here's the other thing. How many points has somebody won? Have these guys won because they came to the net? They just don't win enough, right? Because everything else sucks. Or how many points have they had where they had a volley? They not even a put away, but a volley that would keep the opponent defensive. They'd set up for that next one and put it away, but they can't even execute the first one. I would argue that if if Zverev's volleys were, I'm going to say fifty percent better because that's how bad they are. <laughs> yeah, fifty percent oh better. God. He would be number one in the world. I agree. Because I agree. I've seen so many times where he had the guy completely dead and all he had to do was place the ball and he couldn't do it. Yeah. That's almost as brilliant as how brilliant you're dressed today. <laughs> Got a fancy dinner tonight. Yeah, Father's Day. This happy fancy fa- for my Happy Father's Day out there, everybody, there by the go. way. Um, not everybody, because some of you aren't fathers. <laughs> um, but only the fathers. Right. By the way, I mean, I, I was thinking about this today. How can we never talk about <laughs> this? Is not real. <laughs> I couldn't get to it. I was trying to be serious, but how can <laughs> how can we never talk about how many slams guys win after becoming a father? Because <laughs> it doesn't affect their bodies. Wait a minute, having a baby affects your body? <laughs> what? Well, it doesn't because you still stay at number one. Season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, that's all. Yeah, that's all. Never, I wanted, that's all I wanted to do. They never show the stat of how many 
fathers of one slams or how many you know, fathers of one slams after their first child. Like they, they show the guys. And if you sexist. did, and if somebody did, tennis Twitter would go crazy, but then they also go crazy when you say, oh, but having a baby as a woman is detrimental to your tennis game. Right. And they would hammer us for that too. You can't <laughs> win, Corey. No. You can't. No. Win. With all the fathers out there who have Grand Slam titles in the most recent tournament win of a doubles team last week was Mahu and his son came running out on the court. That was that? great. Yeah. It would have been way better if it was this week because <laughs> it was Father's Day. Right. So what, I know this isn't our Wimbledon preview show, but what do you need to see at Wimbledon to make it worthwhile? I think we just need to skip it and just get right, right <laughs> to the hard courts. Yeah, I really, well, that's how I'll feel if Federer wins. <laughs> well, uh, yes, if he doesn't win, then I'm okay with a different outcome. All right. So speaking of which, so Federer wins. He beats Raonic in uh, straight sets. Beat Curios in the semis. Now four and six were the straight sets, but it was one of those Sampras type matches where it was like he broke early and then held. Right. And there were a couple chances where it was thirty fifteen. You know, he was down fifteen thirty on his serve or whatever, but never really. You know, pop, pop, pop. Done, right. done, done. Was the second set no breaks? Um, good I mean, question. I mean, he probably just blew him out. The I think break. so. Yeah. I think so. I can't remember. But anyway, so yeah. So what it was what, that it wasn't ever really in doubt, even though he won. I even think though it sounds close. Exactly. I, I think that's probably the case. Whereas I thought the Curios match was actually in doubt. Curios to me, I put him in the same category as Isner. He can beat anybody, but he just can't make it deep enough in the tournament to ever get to play those guys in a Grand Slam. Right. You know, he'll lose to somebody else randomly before he gets there. Right. Well, it was in doubt. I mean, he won the first set. Kyrgios won the first set against Fed, but then the second set was 6-2. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. That it was, well, yeah, right. And then third set was... A breaker. Yeah. So it was close. I mean, they've had a lot of matches. And he was actually down. Federer was actually down a mini break in the breaker, I think, early. Like 2-0, I think. That's got to be getting mental for Kyrgios because the same thing happened in that Labor Cup. He was up 9-8 and lost. So he's got to be thinking about that now when they play he just can't beat this guy yeah well but at least he you know he's got to turn 70 at some point <laughs> then carries won't be somebody asked anymore. me yesterday will nadal win any more Frenches? i said yeah he's gonna win like four more because there's nobody that can play him <sighs> um now I, again is he does he do things that lend themselves to him being the best everyone clay absolutely of course he does but he's playing tomato cans, <laughs> to use a boxing reference. <laughs> there you go. I was telling uh, my wife last night, I said, remember the scenes in Rocky where, not the scenes where he's fighting, you know, Drago and Clever Lang, where he's fighting all the random guys, like every 10 seconds. I said, that's that's tennis right now. It's, that really uh, is. It's, <laughs> it's better. It was better at all to ever play. So maybe we're building up to like the end of the movie is like the Open or the World Cup Finals. Holy shit. So these are all the segments. So that, what's going to happen? Who's the best Russian right now? <laughs> so is a Russian going to kill Fetter and then a doll's going to fight him to, to play him? That would to, be a lot more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that instead of watching those By the matches, way, hold on, hold on. So for everybody out there that's not whatever, Rocky Four <laughs> featured Ivan Drago. That's right, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, who was a Russian. <laughs> and it was right in the heat of the Cold War, that mid-'80s, you know, and all that. And uh, he killed Apollo. Apollo Creed, who was uh, Rocky's nemesis in the first two, um, goes out showboating, thinking this Russian, big Russian's nothing. 
and uh, basically in the most in the in the worst officiated boxing match in the history <laughs> of boxing, <laughs> the official let let a guy get killed. He let a guy get beaten to death. If he would have, if Dolph Lundgren, <laughs> if Dolph Lundgren, if Ivan Drago would have pulled out a baseball bat. <laughs> Because he wouldn't, he wouldn't have called it. Because Rocky didn't throw in the towel. That was the thing. Oh, that's that's it. If he that's the baseball bat comes out and the towel doesn't, you still keep going. <laughs> that was the stupidest. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. By the that way, the post match. A lot of times these eighties movies don't really hold up. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> well, none of the boxing scenes in any of those held up. Oh my god! It made you. That's why people watch boxing because they thought it was like that. And then they realized, oh, it's not like it's that not. at all. It's the sweet science. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so then Rocky, whose friend and and you know main competitor, right, dies th- to, at the hands of this dirty Russian. <laughs> so now, uh, oh, and by the way, you know whose fault that really is? It's James Brown's fault because he was in there oh, yeah. singing "Coming to America" right. the walk up song and motivated him. Yeah, we didn't take the Russian very seriously. So now Rocky goes to Russia. Talk about collusion to train <laughs> in the snow and throwing logs around. Yes. By the way, spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> and Rocky comes by, back to fight Drago again in the second worst officiated boxing <laughs> match in the history. He's they like iron. Two closed eyes and like they have <laughs> blood is really pouring out every punch and they're continuing. <laughs> they're just haymakers. Right. I mean, first of all, no human being could stand throwing that many haymakers they'd be worn out <laughs> they'd be slapping well, each other by the my end. favorite part of those always too was the rounds one through 14 were always 10 seconds each and round 15 was always eight minutes right it's like they're three minute <laughs> rounds but somehow round 15 was always like the entire climax of the movie it was like eight and a half minutes oh like how is God. this round still going haymakers 15 rounds of haymakers that, back, that well i think it was 12 was it 15 in rocky back it was then? 15 back maybe then. it might have been 12 for rocky yeah. four that changed at some point yeah but i was gonna say the problem is oh, with God. tennis is that these fights now we still have to sit through all of them we don't have to sit through a 10 second montage that's true if we I should just sit through a 10 second montage of the french would be great all right so i got a new rule for the first week of a grand slam all three out of five tie breaks yeah, I'll, I'll give you a ten point top. Right. I'll get you match breakers. There you go, and then Nadal will get to the to the second. But how are you going to make that last a week? I just play care. on two courts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just go back to 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 back, <laughs> to back on two courts. Right, uh, and then the second week we start. We'll do one set for the for the <laughs> fourth round. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is this because Nadal might actually lose if that in that format? Yeah, yeah, something. No, his hand won't be cramping. He's got a chance. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, well, that was a good flash, but we did a movie movie uh, illusion every week. I like it. Do we? I don't know. I don't. We don't plan this shit. So <laughs> how, how would I know? Now, of course, as as per usual, and again, I'm not blaming you for not seeing women's tennis. I'm blaming you for not figuring out a way to either by hook or crook get B in. <laughs> yes, maybe with the AT and T Time Warner merger, I'll somehow get BN. Ooh, yeah, they'll, they'll get more channels. I bet you BN and women's tennis is a central um, negotiating point of that merger. <laughs> it's got to be. You would think so. Yes. So anyway, so no, you don't. Uh, you don't care about women's tennis or women in general, quite frankly. <laughs> and uh, and I'm pretty much sick of it. So we had two tournaments going on. One was Nottingham, not Notting Hill. I know you like that movie. Oh yeah, my favorite. Uh, Next week on the podcast. Ash Barty beat Joanna Conta. Hey, Conta's back finally. Yeah. And uh, 
Apparently, Ash Barty's everybody's favorite. She's well, every Australian is everybody's favorite. I agree. I agree with you, except for Hewitt. But I like Hewitt. Nobody I else does. But I, do. I didn't at first, but then I did after he started losing. That's kind of well. My when criteria. he started talking about this locker room horse shit, he kind of <laughs> lost me. But at, before that, before and after that, I I didn't. Right. And it's not because he's racist, because I don't think he is. No, he was calling the umpire racist. Right. In case you don't understand, remember, Leighton Hewitt was playing James Blake before James Blake got tackled by New York City police. Yes. Um, and apparently, bad calls were being made against Hewitt, and he accused the umpire of who was African-American, or he might not have been African-American, because I don't know if he was American. Right. You can't be African-American. <laughs> you can just be black. Right. Sorry. We're the only country that calls you African-American. He, maybe he was African-French. Yes. I don't think that's the thing. <laughs> but he was accusing the umpire, who had the same skin tone as James Blake, of being racist against the Australian whitey. Right. Um, and then everybody said that he's racist. And I'm like, wait a second. You can't call somebody racist for alleging racism, right. can you? No, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't. That wouldn't work these days. <laughs> All of tennis Twitter would be racist then. Yes. All right, so... Uh, anyway, I don't know why I went off on that side note on <laughs> <laughs> on our, our Australians. Yeah, why not? So, anywho, so uh, so yeah, so um, I loved her till she got blown up by Serena at the French. Well, listen, come on now, top twenty in the world now. She's supposed to be able to beat somebody who hasn't played in a year and a half. <sighs> it's hard. A lot of it's hard, <laughs> but that's a, that's a whole different level. I mean that that's a weird. That's not your normal tour match pressure, right? Even playing Serena when she's number one. And playing every week, it's still difficult. It's different. It's it's almost like playing a lame duck. You know, when you play somebody and halfway through the first set, they come up lame and start limping. And it's like, right. oh, I can't shit. I can't make a serve anymore. Well, and I would say Barty's a little bit of one of those players that has kind of an inflated ranking that she, you know, goes to the quarters a lot, doesn't really win. Now, obviously, she won this week, so maybe she'll change that. But she's been someone that just plays a lot of tournaments and wins a lot of matches, but doesn't ever really, you know, make it to the end. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, I, I'm fond of her and I hope she does well. Uh, but that's not, I don't hate Joey Nakanta. <laughs> I'll really here, I don't like anybody except that blue check mark that ends up following us. Still right. don't have one yet. We're working on it. So there if you're out is. there and you're a professional tennis player, call in. Or better yet, <laughs> just follow uh, us on Twitter. Um, some, somebody else? Somebody else who's my favorite one? One of many? Well, he happened to be at an entirely different location from Roger Federer. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Richard Gasquet yeah. won. Uh, Richard Gasquet won at my second favorite tournament. My first one, of course, being Xinjiao. <laughs> my second favorite tournament is the Boodles. Oh yeah, you're right. That's my number one. That's my number one. Sorry, Xinjiao was number two in the Sahurstagurshbosh, <laughs> the Swedish chef, if you will. I see the name of that tournament every year. <laughs> it seems like, yeah. Yeah. Zhang Xiao, we see every week. Right. But Hurstagurstabersha. It's the rare t- rare word that starts with an apostrophe. Uh, doesn't have an apostrophe at the start of it, or is it S, then apostrophe? It's, it's got really, S. Yeah. It's, no, a, S, then it's a whole situation. Yeah. So, so yeah. he did win your man. I, I, I love that guy. He he just can't play against the big four. No. Or the big two, really. God, no, God. Um, like he mails it in he doesn't even give a shit well and I watched him versus Tsitsipas it looked like a father and son playing <laughs> and <laughs> thinning hair yeah, did. and <laughs> and you know I feel like so bad for him he's gone from from you know kissing women in clubs with cocaine to balding on the tour you know it's like 
Cocaine will do that to you. Fallen so far. I mean, kissing uh, women who do cocaine will do that to you. <laughs> apparently, who did he beat in the final? Oh, uh, who did he beat in the final? Somebody probably. That seemed like the slightly weaker of the two terms. Obviously, just because Federer wasn't there. But oh yeah, uh, uh, he beat countryman Jeremy Shadi. Well, yeah, it definitely sounds weaker now. But weren't they the same points? They yeah, they're both, both. Yeah, they're both two fifties. Yeah, they're both. So he got the easy. He got the easy way out. He didn't play Federer around it. Yeah, didn't still have got the same points. Um, yeah, Hurst to Bertram. <laughs> so I think that's in the Netherlands, and I think you know, as weeds legal and all that. So maybe that's why he went. I don't know. <laughs> and then next week they pretty much all go to England, I believe. Yeah, yeah. This is where. So this week is sort of like why the tennis podcast that I referenced earlier probably didn't talk much about it. Yeah. I think he was at one of the tournaments and didn't talk. <laughs> you know, doesn't care. Uh, but we got Hala. Hala. There you go. Um, Queens Club is always in there. So you got Hala, and then you've got what's called the Fever Tree Championships, which is in London. And then uh, Birmingham is the women in Mallorca. How about that? Mallorca Grass Court Tournament? Apparently. Huh. That's true. Maybe that's Nadal's. Maybe he got that going somehow. He or Carlos Moya, one of the two. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so yeah, so uh, I think more attendance will be had at those tournaments, I guess, when, well, you, and, when you think. Yeah, and hopefully more of the big name players that are, I mean, I don't think Nadal last year played a single grass court warm-up. It'll be interesting to see if he does this year. He's had really bad results at Wimbledon the last several years. I really think this year he's got a chance to go deep at Wimbledon, but he does need to play at least one grass court tournament. I just hope they flip-flop turn Grand Slams again. So our pr- our point gets proven even more, <laughs> but people will get more dug in because whatever. Oh yeah, because then it's going to be twenty one and seventeen. You know, it's just like it's just clueless. I don't. All right, know. so here's a question that matters for me. I don't care about anything else. Who's the player you want to see the most on grass? Just that I want to see them play. Yeah. So out of the grass court season, you're kind of looking at the schedule, seeing yeah. who's doing what. Who do you want to see the most? Well, I mean, obviously, I, in terms of just players that haven't been around, I would love to see Serena, you know, or Murray, just just to see where they're at. Yeah, apparently Murray's coming back. Yeah, so I would love to see so him they say. and just how far away he is. Um, you know, I'm kind of interested to see how some of these these clay court guys like Schwartzman and uh, even Team. I'm kind of interested to see how they do because they've all been even Del Potro, all those guys. Those are kind of the guys I'm interested in. The guys that don't normally do well on the surface. I want to see if they've made any kind of adjustments to do better. So similar to our argument with um, Nadal and us picking Benoit Pair or um, your pick was uh, Fanini. Right. Who's our who's our ace in the hole, as it were, to go against Fed on grass? I'm going to say who we already talked about. I'm going to say Kyrgios. If I just have one match to put somebody against him on, on grass, because the thing that separates Kyrgios is he's not just a big server. Better has proven right. 100, that 100 times he can beat big yeah, servers. Yeah, great tweener. Uh, he can actually play, you know, baseline game and has a big serve to get the free points. Right. So to me, it's got to be somebody like that. Well, I think it can be any of the big serving Americans. I think Query can give anybody trouble yeah. on grass. Beat Djokovic on grass. Yeah. Uh, and... The gazelle-like, John, <laughs> John, what I mean is the baby gazelle that just dropped out and wobbly. Uh, the gazelle-like John Isner, big serve, 
Yeah, I just think the problem with him is I just don't see him ever breaking Federer, and then you're down to a tie break. Which is his specialty. That is true. But I think Federer just finds a way to break that guy once, you know, every set, if he needs to. Maybe. So, anywho. But query, I agree with you. I think that's that would be interesting. What about Jack Sock? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I had a Jack Sock joke earlier this earlier today, and I couldn't. Of course, I forgot it, but... I was thinking, how are we going to trash him today? But um, no, he's not going to be even. I don't even think we'll see him on TV <laughs> in the clay court season. I mean, in the grass court season. Mm, I don't know. I mean, they'll show him at the Wimbledon because they have to. But Right. Um, I was going to say, I want to see this guy because I'm not going to see him much longer. And that's a Feliciano Lopez, who should not be, as you've mentioned before, he should be playing on. He's playing on clay only, but he's yeah. grass is his best service. Well, it's weird. Yeah, he's a serving volleyer, so I mean, yep. he always he seems to always end up the round of sixteen. Yeah, I, lo- I love that guy. Yeah, love him. And then he just uh, then he's not you know he loses to somebody that's better than him, and that's it. But he usually gets a win over somebody you wouldn't think he's going to beat. Same with Jill Mueller. Well, I would actually say the opposite. I would say he he gets a win over somebody you think he can beat, you just don't know when he's going to do it. And right. grass is the best chance for him to do it because yeah. it's such a you know, equalizing surface if you're, you know, attacking. Yeah, the other guy you get is Mueller that's always around, seems to be in Wimbledon. He gets yep. a couple wins and shows up against somebody. So, yeah, that's kind of like the list of guys you don't want to play early on if you're one of the big guys. What about women on grass? Your thoughts? How sexist can you be right now? <laughs> I I think more now than ever, the surface does matter for women's tennis. I agree. Um, you know, I think you will see that with Keys and Vandeweghe for right. sure. If they don't, if they don't perform well this tournament, it'll be a big letdown. Well, it's funny because Coco, on a first name basis, that's who needs to follow us. I think this would podcast great. would be right up her She's alley. She's an athlete. So, um, yeah. So I think you know her all around game style, and she she personality wise, she likes to attack. And so I think, you know, she should, if she can put it together and get her life in order, um, I don't know what's wrong with her life. I don't, <laughs> I don't really know her in that level, but, um, yeah, that, that should be fun. And who knows? Well, and I think you're going to see Halep and Wozniacki struggle compared to how they normally do. Yeah. Um, but again, it talks, what you talked about earlier, it does depend on how many of these women can take advantage of their power game and go to the net and finish it. Right. Well, and, and, you know, the ones that have big wind-ups, I mean, you know, you think about Hollop, she's low to the ground, you know, um, yeah. and she's fast. Well, if you're playing on a slippery surface, how much does that matter? Right. As, not as much. And and the power is getting bigger and bigger and bigger in the women, and so... Yeah, so we said the surface matters more. It probably more is that the surface is less different than it used to be. <laughs> Could be a combination of both. Yeah. Yeah, so... All right. Have we ruined Co- uh, Corey's corner or have we kind of... <laughs> it was endless. Oh, yeah, we did. We That was my whole thing. I said you should not be allowed to be ranked number one at the end of the year if you don't play all four slams. That was your Corey's that should corner. Be man- that was it. You just walked... We went, went right, right by and you didn't even mention it. You oh, should have said, said... Yeah, I did. Oh, I didn't hear you. Yeah, I, I, said I don't that listen was... typically when we're podcasting. <laughs> when I'm talking. Uh, no, I said that was the, the way you motivated me. I said when you're when you decide to skip a slam, that's fine then you're not going to uh, get to be ranked number one at the end of the year. Your ranking is disqualified. And yeah. so I said, then we would see, would, do you think Federer would actually still skip it? And I said, he still might. All right. So here's the problem with you not really having a set 
<laughs> this is Corey's Corner is because my main motivation for Corey's Corner is to rip it apart. Yeah, of course. No, I know. Idea. That's why I just gloss over it quickly. Well, here's the only downside I see with Corey's Corner. Well, for two, there's two. First of all, it's yours. Second <laughs> is that there's already too high an emphasis on the Grand Slams. That's true. And so now you make them that much more important. So maybe you just say a percent, you know, because I mean, listen, the grass court's smaller, so you at least have to play one warm up and Wimbledon, right? There you know, you go. maybe in Australia you got to play two in Australia, U.S. Open, two in the U.S. Open, and the French maybe w- at least one Masters in the French, or something. So you know, more of like a minimum number of tournaments, but they can't just be a minimum number of random ass right. clay court, you know, <laughs> in the middle of some South American jungle, yeah, in. February you know what I mean it's got to be there's got to be out of these tournaments you have to play a certain amount plus the Grand Slam these tournaments you have to play this plus the Grand Slam so you know eventually moving us towards our calendar system which is each of the four anchors right but then you have a set of you know whatever but someone's going to say what if you're injured well gee too bad LeBron's injured for a third of the season he doesn't get the MVP that's how it works well (laughs) (laughs) he probably still should but Usually, if you're even out, if he shouldn't, he does. You don't get the MVP usually in sports. If you miss four or five, six games. Oh no, it was Tom Brady. That's who it was. He missed four games. Four games still for cheating, <laughs> and got named the MVP. Yeah, but I, I my whole motivation obviously was a way to incentivize the players to play all four slams. Because I thought about saying, if you don't play the French, you're not allowed to play Wimbledon or something like that. But they're not going to do that because they want him at every tournament. Yeah, can of get. course. Yeah, but there's got to be some motivation. Finding him ten thousand dollars ain't gonna matter. Right, fifty thousand not gonna matter. It's got to be something that some incentive for them to play, or maybe you're not. I don't know. I was gonna say you're not eligible for Davis Cup, but they don't care about that either. <laughs> so there's got to be something. No, no. I, I definitely think it's just number one. I, yeah, I don't know. And yeah, I mean, I guess if you won three slams and didn't play the fourth, you probably you are the number one player in the world. But yeah, it's. It's a frustration. I just I want to fix it somehow. I want to let Federer not be able to skip the French voluntarily. Right. Uh, or at least suffer some penalty besides being number one in the world yeah. without touching a racket. And let's hear how great he is for the next month. Right. Yeah, that, that infuriates me. It does. It, me that, too. That infuriates me. Here's what it, it, all of it infuriates me, as you can tell by the basic tenor of this podcast every week, <laughs> is that just stop saying it like, here's why. Here's why. Because I don't know anything about basketball. Nothing. I had one good game when a couple of buddies of mine would go play in the neighborhood. I was in high school probably. And we'd go to my buddy's house and then we would walk down to an elementary school that had an eight-foot goal. (laughs) And we'd just have fun playing, you know, Shaquille O'Neal. Right. And I and I played awesome. I was taller than all <laughs> right. my friends. Did you see that video, by the way, of the six foot ten, thirteen year old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was on an eight foot goal and like dunking without his feet leaving the ground. Right. <laughs> You're interrupting my story. Oh, sorry. So that that's the only success I've ever had in basketball yeah. is horsing around with a bunch of shorter friends on an eight foot goal. And even then, I only had one good game when we did that. Every time <laughs> I, I dribble off my foot, I can't. I set shot. Yeah. I set shot. Like I played for the Hoosiers in 1958. Right. <laughs> but I can easily sit down right now on a basketball podcast and cobble together some cliched argument about the LeBron versus Jordan or right. whatever, who's the greatest ever basketball player, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I can have that cliched argument 
with no knowledge. Right. Now, I'm not saying tennis people have no knowledge. I'm just saying they're doing it lazy. They're right. not using their knowledge. They're not digging deep enough into this whole situation, and they just say, undisputed king of clay. <laughs> <laughs> right. The greatest king fetter. <laughs> you know, and it just pisses me <laughs> off because they don't – we may get to the end of this rabbit hole and come out the other side and say, wow, yep, Federer is the greatest ever, or – Nadal is the greatest ever, or right. Nadal would be if he had a little more success on grass, or Federer would be if he had a little more success on clay. Yeah, whatever the case may be, we might end up back at Roy Emerson. We might right. be back at Rocket Labor, who won a Grand Slam in both the Open and the you know amateur era. Right. Who knows? But we don't have those discussions because all they do is look at the big dumb shiny trophies they get. Right. For the Grand Slams, and and just say you know the greatest ever. That's what that's that's coach's corner. <laughs> well, and since we never seem to back Federer, the one thing I will say is that ninety nine percent of players have retired by the age he is now. So anything that else he wins beyond that is a bonus. Is impressive, right? So if he just retired two years ago, you know, I would almost be happier with his achievements. But it's like now he's just picking and choosing, yeah. And he's playing guys that are killing themselves every week and coming out and beating him, and he has the luxury of doing that. But I mean, yeah. If LeBron played only in the NBA Finals every year, he'd probably score. He could score forty points every year. I mean, would that <laughs> yeah, mean he's the best yeah. player in the world? I mean, he is for that week. But what is that? That's not worth. And he about. might be. And I don't care because I don't know. And I'm who cares? It's right. Basketball. I mean, it's way more popular than tennis, which pisses me off. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I. To me, you cannot say someone's the best player in the world when they play eight weeks a year or ten weeks a year. It's just not. That's not what tennis is. Well, you you can say that if they win every match they play, you can say they very well might be, but they're not. They're just not digging in enough, and they don't think past the surface level bullshit argument of twenty grand slams. I got news for you: there's a whole hell of a lot of other tournaments out there that mean a lot to a lot of players. And back then, it meant a lot because they had to play them to make the kind of money. You know, now you play two tournaments and you're set for life. Just let me win one Wimbledon, and I'm retiring from everything (laughs) except this podcast. And I'll give you probably a more more appropriate example imagine if you had a pinch hitter for the yankees and he bats 500 for the year he's not gonna be the mvp 500 right. if he has 50 at bats right it's not it's not gonna happen so that's exactly what Federer's is doing he's basically just picking the events that he has the best chance to win or that are the most important to him for whatever reason and he's playing those and winning so maybe we make it a minimum 50 matches you got to play to be number one. Yeah, so he has somewhat of an unfair advantage because he's completely rested. Right. But he has that advantage because tennis sucks right now. Right. And yeah, because normally that wouldn't be enough of an advantage to dominate. The rust would cancel out, you know, that advantage, theoretically. And, you know, I feel like an idiot every time I bring this argument up because <laughs> everybody looks at me like a dumb dumb. Yeah. But they're wrong. They're wrong. There was a one of our listeners slash tweet followers um, re, she what what do you do? You retweet? Yes. Yeah. Why not? She retweeted <laughs> retweeted something out from somebody else, and then her reply was something of about well, what does that say about men's tennis? Right. Right. She didn't even answer the question, but I, I'm assuming that's what she meant. Yeah. And you know, I I well, I don't know what you do. Reply <laughs> to both. Yes. Uh, to that thread. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Um. <laughs> You know, basically say, hey, you just described, you know, the Tenet Revolution podcast. That's all we talk about is this bullshit. Um, And again, please save the drama for your mama. I'm not saying that these players suck. I'm not saying Federer, Djokovic, Murray, Murray, uh, (laughs) that they suck. What I'm saying is 
is that they very well could be the greatest ever. The downside is they play in such an era that we don't really get to make that definitive case. There's still a legitimate argument to be made. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean. We're the only ones making it, however. I know. And you didn't at first, you piece of shit. (laughs) I know. I know. What's funny is Federer has way more slams now than he did when we started. And we're making the argument stronger now than we did back then. Just go back and look at the list of Grand Slam winners from the 80s, from the 90s. It's it's every player that you just, you know these players are in the Hall of Fame. They're doing this or doing that. And it was knockdown drag outs and everybody was kicking ass and different people were winning. It was an amazing situation. Oh, a lot like the women. <laughs> well, and by the way, here's a stat that I always say is go back and look at the list of the people that Federer and all have beaten in the Grand Slam Finals. And it's a list of players you've never heard of yeah, and you'll never hear of again. It's really a not, there's a lot of people who have top never won list. slams right. on there uh, right. for a reason. Yeah. Whereas, you know, and yeah, they've won some against each other. Right. But, and some against like Roddick's and, yeah. you know, whatever. Right. But. But yeah, Federer won one against Bagdadis. Right. Won one against Songa. Nadal won one against Verkirk and Puerta. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about <laughs> Martin team. Verkirk. Yeah. I mean, there's some, some people that that are barely even tour level players, honestly. <laughs> Baghdadis, I guess, is that's more too, than that's too much. Well, that's too for, much. That's for, too much. For Kirk is not. Um and <laughs> they Kirk were on not. the tour. They're tour level players. <laughs> um, Holy hell. But yes, it's it's just not, you know it's not a who's who of tennis, put it that way. <laughs> it's um, not yeah. It's a who's that of tennis. <laughs> who's that? That's pretty good. Is that the first time you ever heard of that or something? Wow. I took it right there. I'm using that. Or <laughs> who's that of tennis? Yeah, so Holy hell. That's uh that's the that's the sport way. And we do love tennis, by the way. You can't tell I feel like listening to this podcast a lot. Of yeah, time. exactly. This uh, stupid sport, I hate it. Nobody's really, right. We really do love it. We just want it to be better because we love it so much. Yeah. I mean, listen, so the grass court versus clay is a perfect example. I don't ever want to see a human being come to the net on clay. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I want you to grind. I want you to use short angles. I want you to move players way off the court. I want you to hit behind them as they slide trying to get back the other way. Yeah. I want to do all those things. And then on grass, I want there to be some dead grass areas around the serve, you know, where you serve near the center mark, right? the baseline. And then I want there to be a yellowish airy pathway towards the net. And then I want the net from side to side to be dead grass yeah, and a little blood from diving. <laughs> That's all I want. Why can't we have that, Corey? No, I don't know. That's what makes tennis great. I think we need the buzzer. That's been the theme of this episode. After five shots, the buzzer goes off, and both players got to run to the net, <laughs> and somebody's got to win at the net. Yeah, the next time the ball bounces, you lose. If it bounces, you play play four four <laughs> bounce singles. You serve, and then after that, each player only gets two bounces, right? And then it's over. I love it. But the serve shit. has the advantage because they get the fifth shot, and then mm. the server has the edge. I like it. Unbelievable. Or we should just start from the net. No serve. You just got to drop feet <laughs> from the net. And go. Yeah. That would be more exciting than baseline grass court tennis. It is really weird to watch. I know it killed you that year that the final of Wimbledon was Hewitt versus Nalbandian. I know that had to be the worst Wimbledon final. No, ever. listen. Hewitt, first of all, just genetically, he can volley. Okay. He's Australian, for God's right. sakes. Good point. And, and all the people that he was a, you know, a fan of. Yeah. Coming up, and you know, coach. Tony Roach, John Newcomb, all the, I mean, that whole era, they all and volleyed. Rafter, a little bit older than him. And Rafter, right. They all came to the net a lot. Right. And, and, you know, and so he has the ability to, but, I mean, he's got size issues and whatever else, and so he didn't as much. And he just learned in the baseline era. I'll, t- I'll take now Bandian's volleys over anybody, <laughs> on, anybody in the top 50 right now. Yeah. Right now, I'll take. I mean, pick anybody. I mean, anybody from... 
from 87 to 96. I'll take anybody's volleys. <laughs> well, and, I'll, and I remember that match, actually. It didn't have the star power, but it was actually a pretty interesting match to watch. There was well, a lot of finesse. Well, listen, now Bandian's like that Burditch guy that, you know, where he's just always there. Right. He's always competing and pushing guys and, and giving all the best, even the best players, giving them trouble. Right. He had a little bit of a man bun situation. <laughs> that that I hold He's kind com- of the initiator. Yeah, that I completely hold against him. No, I'm sure soccer was actually the yeah. the the initiator. Um, but yeah, I mean that guy. Yeah, I got no problem. I mean, I think he was uh, as high as number three in the world. Oh yeah, he was up there. So I mean, he was always just causing trouble. He had a five and zero record against Federer, the greatest player of all time, at one point. And then it went. That must have been the juniors. There's no, no way. He, Federer's never lost before. <laughs> so look, so he was a semifinalist, at least a semifinalist at all four Grand Slams, and a finalist at Wimbledon, as you just and mentioned. Never won one, right? Right. Yeah. Um, he did win a tour finals in 05. There you go. How about that? So, um, in number 105 in doubles. <laughs> Even back then, they didn't play doubles. So. Yeah, right. All right. So, uh,. I think we've wrapped a bow on uh, the 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 <laughs> grass season. Opening. We'll see you back in hard courts. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you back uh, in August. No, um, no, no. no. L- listen, I am encouraged by the amount of net play I've seen. Yeah, not the actual net play I've seen. That's been a shit show, <laughs> but I've been encouraged by. Listen, that's one thing I'll say is you take a look at Feder's volleys now, and you're like, holy shit, he can volley. But then you compare him to Sampras or right. I mean, anybody. Yeah, back then. And it's like night and day. I mean, obviously, we're talking about like a rafter who played into the 2000s, and he's right. a certain volleyer, so it's a little different. But, you know, but they look, Fetter's volleys look really good compared to everybody else now, but they look bad compared to a lot right. of people. No, they look decent. Um, well, you even saw that in the Federer Sanders exhibitions when when Sanders came in. He still had some incredible volleys at times. Oh, yeah. Even without, you know, yeah. playing. Yeah. God damn it, he's my hero. <laughs> um, no, not really, not my hero. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he's a wonderful person. I don't even know him, right. but he's my favorite player of all time. Yes. I don't think we've ever shied away from that fact, so I'm not no. hiding my bias. <sighs> all right, have we fixed everything? Always. All right. Um, I am fired up about grass season, mainly because I've seen more net play. Yeah. I, and I do have some joy both seeing more net play and making fun of how awful it is. (laughs) I would take your volleys over a lot of these guys. Well, of course. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else? That's it. It's the best answer you ever give. Hey, continue, continue to download, obviously, but share, retweet, re-Instagram. I don't think that's a thing. (laughs) Uh, Do all those things. Spread the word. We do nothing literally nothing to promote this <laughs> podcast i'm serious it's not because i don't want to yeah but this isn't our full-time job no it isn't We're, sadly our jobs are both tennis but not this tennis podcast right. um and so uh we need the listeners help spread the word let everybody know um yeah i know we say bad words and stuff and you might be embarrassed that you actually listen to us <laughs> but i promise you everybody will love you for turning them turning them on to this podcast so follow us on twitter tennis as in spelled out not the dumb numbers <laughs> letter situation anymore it's tennis rev pod on twitter on instagram is tennis revolution pod and tennis revolution podcast.com for the website nobody goes to websites anymore who cares and on Facebook, Tennis Revolution Podcast, just whatever, that thing, fan page or whatever. I don't even know what that's for, but we'll <laughs> see. Um, 
And please don't block me or whatever if you keep getting a bunch of crap about this podcast. That's the only thing I know how to do is put it out <laughs> on Facebook, basically. Yes. Um, I'm literally, I'm literally the human version of that wavy guy, the wavy air guy with the long arms. <laughs> inflatable. Uh, inflatable guy. What do they call that? Yeah. Free yeah, from that, from uh, Family yes, Guy. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm literally the face, the social media version of that all right and i know that's obnoxious and annoying and so am i but that's all i know how to do right inflatable wavy arms guy that's all he knows how to do whatever shit i send you on social media that's all i know how to do it's clunky and it's stupid yes and i might as well be running down the street with a banner naked it'd probably work better (laughs) but as it stands this is what we're doing so please suffer through it and guess what i would do a lot less of it if you would share with your friends, you'd yes. get lost lead horse shit from me. <laughs> uh, a lot less of that and uh, uh, the more listeners we get. So anyway, I think we wrapped a bow on the opening week of grass court. Looking forward to some real grass court tournaments leading into Wimbledon. And uh, until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Somebody follow us. Follow us.